Welcome to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Join us in person for worship each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. For more information about Covenant, including discipleship and mission opportunities, visit us at www.covenantpresjackson.org. It was night early morning, actually, somewhere between 3 a.m. and before dawn. And they were out on the water. They were out on the sea, the Sea of Galilee. There were 12 of them in the boat, and a number of them were fishermen. They knew the water. They knew the sea. And all of them were followers of Jesus, disciples of Jesus. He had called them, and they left everything to be with him. But at this moment, he was not with them. They were on their own on the water. Only the day before they had set out across the sea, they were to have a day of rest, a day of refreshment, a day with Jesus. But when they arrived at their destination, a crowd of thousands awaited them. Now, Jesus didn't turn the boat around or set out to find another quiet spot. He had compassion on this crowd. They were like sheep without a shepherd. So he fed them. He fed them body and soul. He taught them. He fed them God's word. And he miraculously provided food for them. Jesus fed this crowd of at least 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. And all were fed. All were full. All were satisfied. And there were even leftovers. Jesus provides in abundance. Now, immediately after this miracle, Jesus made the disciples leave. He made them get in the boat and go back across the seas. He would stay and dismiss the crowd. He would meet up with them later. <clears throat> now, Mark doesn't tell us why, but the Gospel of John offers an ex- explanation. In chapter 6, John records this same miracle, and John gives the response of the crowd after they're fed. Mark doesn't, but John does. The response of the crowd after they're fed, after Jesus does this miracle, is that they want to make Jesus king, king of Israel. They want to make him king right then and there. I mean, if he could provide bread in the wilderness, surely he could overthrow their Roman occupiers. Well, perhaps Jesus doesn't want his disciples caught up in the desires of the crowd, the energy of the crowd, the misunderstandings of the crowd. So he sends them away. That was evening before dark. And they should have already been across the sea. They should have already landed. But the weather changed. The wind was against them, which also means the waves were against them. And they were struggling, struggling at the oars, struggling against the wind, struggling against the waves, going nowhere, getting nowhere. Now, the translation that we read, the, the, the English Standard Version, said that the disciples were making headway painfully. Now, the Greek word translated painfully can also mean torment. So they were tormented by the wind, tormented by the waves, going nowhere, getting nowhere. 
Has life ever felt like that for you? Struggling, straining, tormented, going nowhere, getting nowhere. You're, you're rowing, you're doing, you're living, you're working, you're parenting, you're studying, you're trying to be obedient, you're trying to be faithful, but the wind is against you. The waves are against you. You feel like you're just straining at the oars, rowing and rowing and rowing. Tired, weary, frustrated, numb, lost, afraid, going nowhere getting nowhere, hoping that daylight comes soon. When Jesus saw his disciples on the sea, he saw them struggling. He saw them tormented. And he'd been praying. He'd been up on the mountain praying alone. And when he saw them, he went to them. And he went to them walking on the sea. Jesus walked on the waves. And Mark includes this in verse 48. <clears throat> he meant to pass them by. Jesus meant to pass them by. Now, why would that be? Jesus saw them struggling. He saw them straining. He saw them tormented. He was going to them. He was walking on water to them. So why would he then pass them by? Well, in the Old Testament, this is a loaded phrase one that points to moments when God reveals himself. When the Lord makes himself known. When the Lord makes known his glory, his majesty, his power, his goodness. When he makes himself known visibly. In Exodus chapter 33, Moses is speaking to God and Moses makes this request to God. Please show me your glory. Moses wants to see the invisible God. Moses wants to see the glory of the invisible God. And the Lord agrees. He will reveal himself to Moses. He will show himself to Moses. But, but he also warns Moses that, that no one can see him face to face and live. So he offers these instructions. While my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand while I pass by. God reveals himself and passes by. Now, our Old Testament reading was from the book of Job, Job chapter 9. And in it, Job contemplates the gulf. He contemplates the chasm between God and humanity. He ponders the reality that God is wholly other, separate, distinct, that his wisdom and strength are beyond compare, that he commands the sun, that he can move the mountains, shake the earth, that he places the stars. And then this. Listen again to verse 8 of Job 9. God alone stretches out the heavens and trampled the waves of the sea. He tramples the waves. In other words, God walks triumphantly on the sea. He subdues the sea. He overpowers the sea. Jesus walks on the water to his disciples. Here here again, verse 11 from Job 9. Behold, he passes by me, and I see him not. 
Jesus meant to pass them by. So what does it all mean? It means this. In the early morning hours, walking on the water, trampling the waves, Jesus reveals himself, discloses his identity. He is the Lord, God, the holy other, majestic, righteous, glorious, almighty, faithful God of Israel, maker of heaven and earth. He's there, visible, in person. And when the disciples saw him, they were afraid, terrified. Well, can you imagine? And they've been, they've been rowing against the wind. They've been straining against the waves. They're tired, they're weary, they're frustrated, they're tormented, it's dark. Suddenly they notice movement on the water. And it's not the waves. Something is out there, someone is out there on the water, in the wind, in the spray, in the night, getting closer. And they react as many of us might in such a situation. But they scream. They cry out in terror. They thought that they were seeing a ghost. They thought they were seeing a phantasm, maybe even a demon. But as soon as Jesus heard their cries, as soon as Jesus saw that they were afraid, he did not pass them by. He had compassion on them. The good shepherd stops. He stops out on the waves. And he speaks, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. With these words, Jesus encourages them, he reassures them in their fear, in their terror, he speaks, take heart, do not be afraid, it is I. Now the, 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 the Greek here for it is I is literally I am. <clears throat> I am. Take heart. Do not be afraid. I am. And with these two words, I am, Jesus once again reveals himself. He once again discloses his identity. And to understand it, we have to once again turn to the Old Testament. In Exodus chapter 3, the Lord appears to Moses. God speaks to Moses out of a burning bush. And he tells Moses that he's going to send him to Egypt. He wants Moses to tell his people that he's going to free them from slavery. And when Moses hears this, he asks the Lord a very practical question. Okay, Lord, when I go to the people of Israel, when I tell them that you sent me, what if they ask for your name? What do I say? And listen to Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. God said to him, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. The Lord reveals himself as I am. The Lord is, I am who I am. These are verbs. God is. God is being itself. Existence. Life, the life from which all other life is derived, the being from which all other being comes to be. He is eternally 
present. He has always been. He always will be. He has existence in himself. He is existence. He is. And he's there. Trampling the water. Speaking to the disciples. Take heart. Do not be afraid. I am. Now imagine the relief the disciples felt when they heard a voice that they knew so well. It's not a ghost. It's Jesus. Then imagine the realization that it is Jesus. Walking on the water. Trampling the waves. Well, Jesus got into the boat with them, and when he did, the wind ceased and the waves calmed, and they were utterly astounded. Mark tells us they were utterly astounded. Astounded because they did not understand the loaves. They didn't recognize that the one who multiplied the bread and the fish, the one who fed the crowds, the one who filled the crowd, the one who satisfied the crowd, was the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. I am who I am in person with them. They didn't understand the lows. They didn't understand walking on water. They didn't understand I am. They didn't understand quieting the wind. Why? Mark tells us why. Their hearts were hardened. Their hearts were hardened. You see, when people fail to understand Jesus, when people fail to recognize Jesus, believe in Jesus, it's not because they're not thoughtful or intelligent or reasonable. It's because of a hardened heart. Because of sin, your heart is stone. Because of disobedience to God, your heart's a rock, unfeeling, unmoving. And the only way that it changes is God. The Holy Spirit, God the Spirit, has to work in your heart, melt your heart, give you a new heart so that you can see Jesus, recognize Jesus, know him as Lord. I am who tramples the waves. He's God with us. God with you. (coughs) He came to die for you so that you can have a new heart, a heart cleansed of sin, a heart full of him. Now, there may be times when you feel like it's night. There may be times when you feel like you're rowing against the wind, straining against the waves, struggling, going nowhere, getting nowhere. There may be times that you're tired, weary, frustrated, numb, lost, afraid. He will not pass you by. He speaks to you. Take heart. Do not be afraid. I am. He tramps the waves. He stills the wind. He is in the boat with you. The sun will rise. 
day will come. He will get you to the other side. And look for him. Look for him. Be mindful of his presence in the night, in your struggles, in your fears, in your pain, in your sorrow. He's there. He speaks. Take heart. Do not be afraid. I am. And seek his presence. Seek his presence. When Jesus sent the disciples away, he went up on the mountain to pray. He went up on the mountain alone to pray. He sought the presence of his father. He desired to be with him, to speak with him, to rest in him, to be refreshed in him and renewed in him. Do you seek your father's presence? To pray. To rest in him. Even for 10 minutes a day. Now, that's what, that's what you're doing today here in worship with your brothers and sisters in Christ, seeking his presence together. Seek his presence together. Seek his presence alone so that you are ready to go back to the oars. And when you go back to the oars, do so knowing that Jesus is with you, taking you to the other side. Thank you for tuning in to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. 